architecture. It's all gleaming spires and towering egos, an inaccessible discipline that serves as a built elite. Uh, there's, of course, a paradox in all of that. When you think about it, architecture has, well, it has no choice but to be accessible. Our built environment is something we all use, or at very least see and experience, regardless of our income or our class position. Trouble is that architecture's practical reality seems to all too often be obscured by romantic aspirations in, in the profession. It's an art. It's not just a product designed to cater to user need. It's the latter, though, architecture's social function that is the focus of a newly launched Australian Architecture Award. It's called the Architecture AU Award for Social Impact. I think it does what it says on the tin. It's designed to recognise architecture that works for a common good. And my guest is one of the people who's helped launch this award. His name is Rory Hyde, a designer, curator and writer who's done many things, um, including hosting his own radio show about architecture for, <laughs> for a decade. Nowadays, you'll find him at the Melbourne School of Design. Hello, Rory. Hi, Jonathan. What a cool idea. The genesis of this award. Take us to that. It started really with discussions with Caitlin Butler, who's um, the editor of Architecture Australia magazine here in Melbourne. And I was looking at some projects like a new social housing project out in outer Melbourne that was, I thought, doing fantastic things for the people that lived there, but it's perhaps not the sort of thing that you would put in a glossy capital A architecture magazine. Hmm. And Caitlin and I had a chat about this and we thought, well, is it the project that's not good enough or doesn't fit our categories or is it the magazine that needs to change? So we thought, well, what's the way that we could celebrate this type of work, create a new platform for foregrounding it and then getting it into the magazine and getting it to a broader audience. So, Awards. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Literally celebrating by pinning stickers on people's shirts and saying, good job, uh, and giving out some money and, and really trying to create a movement around this idea of architecture for social good. Because awards in architecture traditionally go to what? The Institute of Architects runs the awards typically here in Australia and they're categorised around the types of buildings, so best house, best office, best public building, best landscape, etc. But these are more like categories rather than what are they doing, what are those build mm. who are those buildings for. So we're slightly trying to, I guess, go around that system or way of thinking about architecture is is it big or small to thinking about its consequences or its impact, who it's working for, not just what it is on its surface. And so therefore you get into questions of, you know, let's speak to the people who actually live there for a change instead of having it awarded by <laughs> well, other people who other other architects. Yeah. Makes sense on the face. <laughs> there's, there's a really nice wording in the in the official copy around the the reward. It says that the prize seeks to reward architecture that preferences quote empathy over aesthetics. It's a really nice idea. What, what does that mean? It's probably too simplistic, but we're trying it's a to... It's a catchphrase. <laughs> we're trying to say, look, what if we were to reshuffle the priorities here about what architecture can do or how we look at it? Typically, architecture, as you mentioned in your intro, it's often looked at as an art or it's something which is expressive and it's about light and material and air. And, you know, we've got this grand designs idea of what architecture is, which is houses on clifftops and, um, you know, beautiful beautiful views. But actually, there's another type of architecture, which is, you know, social housing that's dignifying, soup kitchens that overcome those hesitancies and perceptions of people who use them, cultural centres that foreground diversity. 
And they don't typically fit within these types of categories that we normally mm. celebrate. So what if we push that to the top, the ethics over aesthetics, and had a conversation around what makes those buildings good? What's the line between the specific sort of design, the lines that the architects draw, and the consequences for the people who use those buildings? Are the yeah. two ideas unre- unreconcilable, aesthetics and empathy? I mean, can you have a thing that does both? Absolutely. That's the goal, I think. And, and that's why, the, as I say, it's simplistic. But, of course, it's still a design award. We're still looking to celebrate not just the impact, but also the design. And if a building can do both, then, you know, really that's the holy grail for us. Because there'd be people within the practice in particular that would say that one of our architecture's great social benefits is to bestow that sort of ennobling sense that people get within a space, that sort of flight of imagination, that thing that aesthetics can do to the human spirit. That's something that architecture can offer apart from sort of practicalities that you mentioned there. That's right. And that's why I think, you know, something like a dignifying as an objective is one of those mm. things which actually necessarily... It's an intangible but yeah. can be created in space and that's, shape. That's right. So it is a design outcome, but it's also got those social, cultural, emotional impacts as well that, that is what the great thing that architecture can do. Can we take this to Tin Tax? That project you mentioned, I think, at the beginning, a youth housing project in outer Melbourne. Yeah. How does that work? So this is a project by Bent Architecture. Uh, It's got about 20 units. It's in a very suburban setting. It's for young people who have suffered with domestic violence or mental illness. It's Waze is the charity who runs that um, particular place. They were often putting their young people into typical public housing, which is, for these young people, share housing, creates a lot of conflict if you've got troubled young young people, rather. These are teenagers we're talking about. And so they've designed a unique setting, which is driven by the needs of these people, which provides them with privacy and security in the sense they get their own units, but it also has great social spaces like a collective room where they can learn to cook or play Nintendo or they can um, play ping pong and come together if on their own terms, so if they feel like it. And it was fantastic. I did a tour with the architects, but also with the guys who run the place. And I asked them, well, what difference does it make? You know, does the design have a consequence here? And they said, well, 100%, the young people we have through this facility, they spend about half the time with us and then they're independent, they're off on their own feet. So that's, I think, the measurable impact of a place like this on real people's lives. And for architects in that process too, to be sitting down and thinking not just about the structures, but about the human interactions within those structures. It's another plane of thinking. Also fascinating to hear the how um, sort of modest and detailed these types of design decisions are. So something really simple for on the front sort of porch of these little units, they have a brick wall and a seat. So you can, as a resident, you can press your back against the brick wall and know that you're safe and there's no one behind you. But you can also mm. watch over the common space that's in front of you and see your neighbours playing basketball or whatever it is. And if you're feeling up to it, brave enough, you can then go and join them. But you can be in that place of security and safety. So what we're talking about really is a brick wall, a seat, a front door, your own key, really simple things, but has a massive consequence. But what we're really talking about is thinking that recognise the needs that those things serve. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think that's where it gets really interesting is we're not just talking about who is this for? It's a social housing, okay. But we're actually talking about the specific design moves that can make it better or makes it good or makes it work for those people. And, you know, I'd love to run this for a few years 
and build up almost a catalogue of techniques like that one I've just explained with, yes. the, with the bench yes. and say, look, here's another way of thinking about architecture that's really grounded in people's needs and in their variety of needs and their difference. And could we build a new architecture out of this stuff? I wonder, if, is there a subtext in the need for an award in this area that says that perhaps practitioners are reluctant to engage in these sorts of projects, an award might help bridge that reluctance. (laughs) It's interesting, exactly right, and it's one of the great outcomes, I think, already before we've even finished the entry phase and announced the first winners, is that you know, I'm getting calls from architects, from friends saying, oh, great award, like, we'd love to enter, we sat down as an office, we looked at what projects we could enter. And we realised there weren't any. And then we're, now we're asking ourselves, hmm. well, why not? Why are we just working for developers? <laughs> yeah, 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 we exactly. could work for the society. So <laughs> already there's a sort of impact, I think, happening on the profession, a, a sort of gentle nudge to say, well, you know, start to consider these things. You know, lots of people do, and they're the people we want to celebrate, but it's we want to change the whole profession ultimately. And then the other part of this, of course, is changing the public perception. So to show architecture that can do these things. It's not just about the houses on clifftops I mentioned, but it is about addressing real mundane but critically important challenges. But I think it mirrors that slowly changing perception in in the profession of its social responsibility, its social capability, the yeah. things that it can do more holistically. Yeah, that's right. And there's a whole bigger question here, I think, around the what's called the social contract. So architects, we're um, a profession, we're obliged to work for everybody, but in practice it doesn't look like that and it doesn't operate like Mm. that. So it's also a reminder of the need for us to use our expertise and to work with people to empower them, not just working for developers. I often make the comparison with doctors and the medical profession, which in the 1950s and 60s when we introduced public health, fought kicking and screaming to, you know, because they had their private practices, they were quite happy working for people who could pay them. Um, But what would architecture look like if we had the same obligation to serve everybody? I think it'd be a very different industry. Gosh, bulk billing architects. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I'm going to steal that. That's a good one. You're welcome. Are there international parallels to this idea? Yes. One of the examples that we were really inspired by is the McEwen Award, which is run by the Architects Journal in the UK. Yeah, very similar thing, foregrounding social good, social impact, and also run by magazines. So that was our Hmm. precedent to say, okay, we can, you know, from the sidelines, as it were, borrow that and try and see if we can get it to take off here. We're getting to the pointy end of your submission period. Exactly. So entries close Friday 10th of March. Go to the website aausocialimpact.com.au. The shortlist will be announced in May and we're going to have an exhibition at the Melbourne University at the School of Design of that shortlist as part of Design Week so people can come down and have a look at what we're talking about. Exciting times. Let us hope that it goes from strength to strength and, as you say, over a period of years builds up this body of work and body of presence of these ideas. Thanks, Jonathan. Rory Hyde, uh, designer, curator, writer, jury convener of the newly launched Architecture AU Award for Social Impact. Time is running out to apply, but as Rory just said, head to the award website AAU. It's two A's in there, so that's AAU Social Impact, all one word, aausocialimpact.com.au. And we will put a link on the blueprint page at the Radio National website. Blueprint for Living, ABC RN. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.